Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, where Nasred talks about movies, a place where movies are discussed. Welcome to episode 50. What a what a big thing. Listen, uh, I didn't uh, release an episode uh, last week. And the, it kind of kills me because I like to be fairly consistent with this podcast, but I just, this is what happened. If you've been following the podcast, you know, uh, after cinema, one of my favorite things is weed, you know? And I decided that I had to take a huge break from weed because I have to get my film made and I need my brain, basically. And so since August 1st, today is August uh, 12th, I haven't smoked and I don't plan on smoking anytime soon. But then what happened was about a week after, like a few days after not smoking, I went to work out. And when I came back home, I had this like shortness of breath. And uh, the shortness, I thought it would just go away, but it lasted like a week. And <clears throat> dur- excuse me, during when I had this shortness of breath, I couldn't uh, do the podcast because I was just like this. <sighs> Like I was taking these big deep breaths even you know even right now It's like my my breath is kind of weird and stuff, but don't worry. I went to the doctors I got an x-ray of my lungs everything sounds okay, and uh, I should recuperate I heard and I looked this up on the internet and you know the internet is a great place for uh, information I looked up, uh, you know, people that have quit smoking weed and shortness of breath, and I guess it is kind of a thing with some people. Unfortunately, with me, it's, it's, it's become a thing where, like, I guess your lungs are sort of like... I mean, right now, I mean, my lungs are fine, kind of. I'm okay. Uh, but it, it felt like my lungs were like, Hey, Nas, what the fuck? Give us some weed smoke. We're, I'm used to it. We, I want some. And if you're not going to give me some weed smoke, I'm going to tighten up on you so it's going to be difficult to, to breathe, you fuck. And that's what my lungs said to me. And my lungs are very rude. But anyway, so, so I couldn't put out an episode. And basically what I decided for today is I've seen a bunch of movies in that time. And I'm just going to play a little catch up. It is the episode 50. It's a not really a big thing. And by the way, if you've been following the podcast and you listen to uh, our last, uh, my last episode, uh, Mr. Red Theater, where I performed a play which was uh, supposed to bring about world peace with uh, Interdimensional Alex and the lovely and amazing Shannon Klein. And the play was great. It was called Barber of the Squirrel People. I hope you enjoyed it. But unfortunately, it didn't cause world peace as I intended. In fact, today, like a bunch of stuff is happening in Charlottesville with white supremacists. And I realized, you know what? I I, I can't change certain things with drama. And uh, I will be the change that I want to see in the universe. And I'll just leave it to me to, to, to make my little... Ah. Sorry. My head, my headphones went out. What the fuck? Hold on. God damn it. Okay, we're fine. Sorry, my headphones went out and uh, that was weird. But I realized I just have to be the change that I want to see in the universe. I, I will be my own little, I will, cre- I will keep my world peaceful and that's all I can do. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, a, a silly pod play is not going to cause world peace peace even though you know my tongue was firmly in my cheek when i said that i don't think anything's going to cause world peace the world is fucked but what are you going to do you can you can only you know do your best to you know be uh you know be peaceful on on your own terms and stuff and you know the constant things in life are war i guess and that's going to be a forever thing and uh, i can't do anything about it you know i had a dream that we be peaceful but i guess that's not the case you know Young twenty-something guys that are angry—they're—they're they're gonna go about and 
instead of uh, uh, creating their own little worlds of peace, they're going to try and be forces of destruction. And uh, what are you going to do? I can't do anything about it. And I can't carry the weight of the world on my shoulders anymore. You know what I mean? I can only take so much weight. My back is sensitive. But anyway, so I'm going to catch up. I'm just going to give a few reviews of these films that I've seen. And um, uh, hold on. Where the fuck is my... Sorry, I haven't done this in like a week and it feels like I haven't done this in forever. Can you hold on for one second? Let me grab my notes. Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. And so basically, you know, I'm just going to go down the list of these films that I've seen. I'm really happy because I have this new service. It's been around for a while. It's called Shudder. It's a streaming service for horror films. And a few of the films that I saw uh, are films that I, you know, I saw them on Shudder. And it's a great little streaming service. It's not like uh, expensive or anything. You pay a monthly fee and you have this amazing library of horror films at your disposal. The big reason why I got Shudder was because, you know, there's that uh, musician Flying Lotus, which I, I know a few of his musics and stuff. Uh, uh, I'm not super like, oh, I'm not like a crazy like fan or anything. I mean, no, I, I mean, he's cool. I, the music that I've heard is cool. But like, I mean, there are people that I know that are into Flying Lotus that are really into Flying Lotus. And I just, I've, I've heard a few of his songs and they're really great. But Flying Lotus made a film called Kuzo. And they're saying it's one of the most disgusting films ever. And I have to, I had to see it when I heard about it. And um, I heard, and, and that he has an exclusive, you know, streaming thing with Shudder. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to sign up for Shudder. And it's just cool to have another streaming service. I'm, I'm already on Netflix and HBO Go and Filmstruck. Why not Shudder? Especially because horror films are what make me salivate sometimes. But anyway, so I got this service Shudder. It was, it, it, and it's really great. And a few of the films that I've seen uh, are... From that. Now, the first film that I saw, and again, I'm just catching up on films that I've seen since the last time we spoke. And by the way, how are you? You're good? Oh my god, really? That's that's amazing. That Congratulations. I think everybody should do that. It's a little weird, but you know. But anyway, so I just, I've, I've been watching a ton of films trying to recuperate my lungs, hoping that I don't die or anything. And so the first film that I saw on Shudder was this film called What Have You Done to Solange? Directed by Massimo Dayamo. Let me explain something about my movie going thing. I keep track of what I watch on a website called Letterboxd. It's like a social media thing for, for film fans. And I first heard about it uh, from this uh, podcast. One of my favorite movie podcasts is Film Junk. It's like the best podcast there is after mine. But uh, no, no, they're, they're great. They've been doing it for years. And it's a really great podcast. But they always mention this, this uh, uh, social media thing called Letterboxd. And it's a great way to keep track of what you're watching. But what I also do, and I've done this for several years, and uh, I have notebooks, you know, I'm, I'm three deep in, in, into notebooks, is I, I write down the, the film and the director and the year and a brief description in, this, in these little red notebooks. And I keep them just because it's good for reference and it's good for, you know, like right now what I'm doing, it's, it's good. 
But so this film, What Have You Done to Solange, is a giallo film, which is a Italian, you know, horror kind of mystery kind of thing. And it's about these uh, a group of girls that are getting stabbed in the vajayjays, in the in the privates. And, you know, it's a mystery and you find out who is doing this. It's a really great film. It has a really great score by Ennio Morricone. It's a really good, uh, um, you know, example of giallo films. I bought the DVD, I think, 10 years ago. Like, 10 years ago, it, a company came out with a, with a DVD that had a very striking cover. And I blind bought it, I think, at Best Buy. And I watched it, you know, 10 years ago. And I barely remember it, A, because I was completely high. And B, it was just 10 years ago, and I just didn't remember anything about it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and, and watch that. What Have You Done to Solange is a, is a great film. Uh, on the scale of ice cream cones, which is the trademark of this podcast, I would give it uh, nine ice cream cones. No, wait, that's way too much. No, fuck it. I'm going to give it nine ice cream cones. It was great. Who cares? It was a great little giallo film. Like, if you if you are curious about giallo filmmaking and you want to see something that's not like the big three, uh, which is Mario Bava, Dario Argento, and Lucio Fulci, and you, you want to see something that's, uh, you know, not them, because those guys are like the titans of, of giallo filmmaking and, and Italian horror, uh, I would highly recommend What Have You Done Solange, to Solange. It's a really great example of the genre. And so the other film that I saw, another giallo, uh, that I saw on Shutter was Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key from 1972, directed by Sergio Martino. Sergio Martino is another guy that's a giallo filmmaker that like he's he's not mentioned that much. But if you dig a little under the surface of like if you look at a few G articles about giallos and so he's one of the guys he's i i think i don't know why he doesn't get as much uh you know credit as like argento and fulci and bava but he is one of those guys and i i suspect he doesn't get that much credit that because i've seen an interview with him and he's like an older dude now he seems like a really together guy and argento and fulci don't seem together I, I i mean they seem kind of what like wild and mario bava just kind of seems like your your kindly great uncle or something like mario bava if you if you look uh into like his personality and what he was like by all accounts they say he was like the biggest sweet sweetheart lucio fulci and dario argento they're, they're the guys that seem to have issues and stuff which makes their films really great and so your vice is a locked room and only i have the key is the story of this like alcoholic guy and his wife and he's like abusive and it's almost like a chamber drama of their horrible relationship and it was it was it was interesting it was i gravitated towards it mainly because a because i know sergio martino directed it i think sergio martino did this other film that i saw case of the black scorpion or something something scorpion and uh this one uh it just attracted me because of the title it has a really really great giallo title your vice is a locked room and only i have the key that sounds very intriguing so i would give that uh eight ice cream cones okay moving on um, let me go down my list. I saw City Lights, directed by the great Charlie Chaplin. I, it was a Friday night, and and I, I wanted to watch something on Filmstruck. And uh, 
I, I thought, you know, City Lights is a, is a, is a good film. Uh, I interviewed a, a gentleman, John Kaiser, who's a producer, uh, a few months back, and he mentioned that film. And then that was in my head, and I was like, okay, I, w- I want to watch that. I want to watch something funny and sweet. And it is a very sweet movie. The last shot, I'm, I, I hope I, I don't spoil this, but it's not like it's fucking Breaking Bad or something. But, like, the last shot of Charlie Chaplin smiling is one of the sweetest images i've ever seen in my life it almost brings a tear to my eye even though i'm not going to cry right now i don't want you to make fun of me i always make i make fun of people who cry no i don't i'm sorry i'm very sympathetic to people who cry but just it's a very very that last shot kind of gets me uh it's just such a sweet smile it's such a sweet and especially in the context of of the story it's it's very uh, cute and, and and sweet his his smile it, it brings a warmth to my heart and so i would give that an ice cream sundae and and uh, you got a problem with that i'm giving it an ice cream sundae because uh it's charlie chaplin and it's one of his great things and stuff and so that's uh that's uh um that's city lights which brings me to baby driver directed by edgar wright um i wish i saw this before all of the hype i enjoyed it it was very fun it was very cool it was it was it was uh, exhilarating at parts but i do wish i saw it before all of the people were like hyperbolically like baby driver is the greatest because you know it's almost like uh, you know like i read this thing where it said a study says that that people that are vegan make other people want to eat more meat because they're kind of obnoxious about their beliefs, which, I mean, if you're vegan, I respect you, you know. Uh, my friend Shannon Klein is vegan, I respect her. But uh, but what I'm saying is that sometimes hyperbole can kill a movie if you see it too late. And I'm not saying it did kill it for me, uh, because uh, I, I watched it and I enjoyed it. But um, it was kind of like, okay, that was cool, that was, that was fine. I, I don't know if it's like... Uh, you know, it, it didn't make my head explode with how great it was, but it was awesome. It was good. And Edgar Wright is a really great filmmaker and he's a fun filmmaker. And he he, he has a, a sense of joy in his filmmaking that I really enjoy. I would give it uh, nine ice cream cones. It was it was pretty good. It was it was good. Uh, and then I saw Salem's Lot. Uh, in from nineteen seventy nine, directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, this is technically not a, it, I mean, it wasn't released theatrically. This was a mini series. It's almost like three hours long or something. It was good. One of the things that I really, it was, it's about this small town and vampirism and stuff like that. And the thing that I really liked about it is uh, there's a Nosferatu kind of vampire. He's like the head vampire and he has like blue skin and he looks cool. It, it's just a very striking image. The thing that I like about it is that you know, it's a TV movie from 1979. It's full screen and stuff like that. It doesn't feel like they showed it uh, on TV. It feels very cinematic. The camera moves and stuff like that. It's not televisual. It's very cinematic. In fact, I, I, I once read this book. I forgot what it was called. Maybe it was called... I don't remember what it was called, but it was one of those books about the history of horror. And when they talk about Toby Hooper making this, they say that he he did his best to make it as cinematic as possible. Uh, and uh, it's cool. It's fun. You know, it's a film that I had meant to see for a long time as a horror fan and stuff like that. And I finally saw it and I'm very happy, which brings me to a couple of new releases. Hold on. Let me grab my coffee. Just just keep yourself busy for two seconds. Two seconds. Please. please, please. I apologize. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Let me sip my coffee. Let me pull a Mark Marin and sip my p- coffee. Hold on. 
Mm. Yummy, delicious. Okay. So this is... These two films is when I stopped smoking and stuff. And what happened was I went to Las Vegas to visit a relative. And I stayed in a hotel called The Orleans, which is like off the strip. And in the hotel, in the casino, there's a there was a movie theater. And, for, and I stayed there for two days. And so both days I went to the movies. And dude, let me tell you something. It was one of the greatest experiences ever simply because... It was cool going to a movie in the same building that I'm staying. And then after the movie is over, I walked to my room and it felt like I lived in the movie theater. It was the greatest thing. And so the first film that I saw, uh, and a friend of mine kind of gave me shit for seeing these two movies because I was supposed to watch them with him. But it's like, dude, I got to do what I got to do. I was in Vegas. Come on, man. You know, leave me alone. Even though he's a great guy. But anyway, uh, I saw Atomic Blonde directed by David Leitch or however you pronounce his name, Leitch. Uh, and that was cool. It was fun. The thing that surprised me was I was expecting it to be like a dumb action movie. And it was kind of a dumb action movie. But I didn't expect the uh, the backdrop of it, of it to be the Berlin Wall and this and that. And I didn't expect it to be half serious about its spy stuff. You know what I mean? I was expecting a full-on John Wick. And, and it was, it had that aspect to it. But I just didn't expect such a realistic backdrop. Backdrop I in terms of realism. I don't mean in terms of action and stuff. There's one part towards the end where Charlize Theron is like just fighting guys. And my God, that woman can, can really kick some serious ass. And it, I, I think this one part is like all one shot. And it's just fucking like, she just brawls this lady. And it's great. I loved it a lot. I thought it was really well directed. And perhaps, uh, you know, the, the director, I think he was a former stuntman. And I think maybe uh, that has a lot to do with, with how well the action is directed. Because... There weren't a there weren't a lot of parts. In fact, there were no parts where I thought, "Oh, that's a stunt double." All of it, you felt like, "Oh, wow, that's Charlize Theron, and she's killing people." And I would never mess with Charlize Theron. It was really great. I would give it uh, eight point five ice cream cones, eight and a half ice cream cones, I think. And then I saw Dunkirk, directed by uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, and that was really good. Obviously, you know, it was just so well directed. It was interesting to see like a World War II kind of thing, and you don't even see the Germans. It's all like, you know, ground, not all like ground level, but like it's from the perspective of the soldiers and stuff like that. It was really cool. It was really great. It was, it was, it was good. It was what I expected it to be. I mean, there's not much to say about it. It was really well made, and obviously it's Christopher Nolan. He's like a master of cinema. And uh, again, I saw this in the theater and it just felt so great to walk to my room from the theater and it took like a minute and it felt like I was living in the theater, which I think that would be interesting to live in a movie theater. I love the smell of popcorn, you know, and, and it makes me it makes me all warm inside when I when I smell that movie theater smell. And so in my hotel room, you know, this is when I'm doing my program of no weed and stuff like that. I had my little iPad and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to watch something on Shutter, and I watched something that I had wanted to see since I was a kid, but when I was a kid, I was too scared to, and as an adult, you know, like, I just never got around to it, and uh, I saw Chud, it's, 
it's spelled Chud with like periods in between each letter, and it stands for Cannibal Humanoid Underground Dweller, and it's basically about the 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 New York's homeless people. They mutate into monsters and they kill people and stuff. And it was really good, but I mean, it's funny when you when you watch a movie that you thought was 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 scary when you were a kid and or you you avoided it because you thought it would be scary or something or you you just you, you thinking about it made you scared and then you watch it as an adult and you think that's not scary it's not scary and that's how i felt with chud Th- there was an actor in it that just recently passed away john hurd uh i think that's his name but uh, chud was directed by doug douglas check uh, my my handwriting in my notebook is so scribbly that uh, I, I have trouble. I don't even think that's his name. I apologize. But um, one funny thing about Chud, on one April Fool's Criterion put out a like a press release saying, oh, we're going to do a, like a, a release of Chud. And it, it was a joke. But then I think, well, what's wrong with that criteria? You should do a thing of Chud. I think it is, it is an interesting movie. I've heard they wanted to remake it. And, you know, uh, I hope they do that. Actually, I don't care. Who cares? But anyway, so then I watched a bunch of episodes of Glow, which is it's a TV show. I won't talk about it. But that's a really great TV show because I like wrestling. And I thought it was interesting, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That's interesting. You know what I mean? And then I watched a bunch of episodes of Preacher. And then a, a couple days ago... <clears throat> I went to see Girls Trip, starring Halle Berry and Queen Latifah and some other beautiful women, and I ha- and I went to see it with my friend, and it was really funny. It was it was surprisingly funny. I thought it was gonna be lame or something, but it was actually really funny. It had me laughing like ah. And there's this one part where Jada Pinkett Smith uh, urinates on everybody. I I thought that was wonderful. And then her friend starts urinating on everybody, and I thought that was double wonderful, and it made me happy. And so Girls Trip is great. Oh wait, did I rate, rate Chud? Okay, I give it uh, ice cream sundae. It was amazing, okay? Uh, but Girls Trip, I would give it a a 7.5. It wasn't like amazing bravura filmmaking, but it was very interesting. It was good, and it was good to see a film uh, that empowered uh, African-American females and females in general. In fact, when I went to see the movie... Uh, it was, it was, I was one of very few men in the theater. It was all women and they were just laughing and enjoying their thing. And, you know, um, I would say, uh, comedy of the year, maybe who knows, you know, I I don't know, but uh, I don't watch too many comedies, but you know, it was really great. And, um, so then I went, Criterion is having their 50% off sale in Barnes and Nobles. And, you know, since I stopped smoking weed, I'm like, okay, every week I'm going to treat myself to a, to a Blu-ray or a DVD or something just to, you know, just to, because as much as I love getting high on marijuana, I love getting high on cinema. That's my real drug. You know what I mean, man? And so anyway, so I went to Barnes and Nobles and I was perusing through their uh, Criterions and I found this film that I've heard about, I heard, uh, you know, Alex Rogers recommended this film, and uh, I take his recommendations very seriously, and it was called Walker, directed by Alex Cox, and it was made in 1987, and it stars Ed Harris, and it's about this dude, Walker, 
<clears throat> excuse me, this American, and he goes to Nicaragua to to uh, help fight and stuff like that. And it's a very wild film. If you know Alex Cox, you know he did Repo Man and and Sid and Nancy, and his films have this very punk sensibility, which I think is really cool. And hold on, let me cough. <clears throat> I'm kind of amazed my breath is is not that bad. Like I maybe I'm recuperating. You know, I took an X-ray, uh, and it's the first time I took an X-ray of my lungs. And let me tell you something. If I have lung cancer, I'm going to make crystal meth and, and get rich, like Walter White in Breaking Bad. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. That's illegal. I would never do that. But um, anyway, so Walker is about this guy, and it has that punk rock sensibility. And th th it, throughout the film, you see things that are very modern. Like you see a pack of Marlboros, and you see people drinking coca-cola or reading time magazine and the film is supposed to take place in 18 whatever the fuck uh and that thing is you know it's there and then towards the end the the modern world or modern by 1987 standards sort of comes in in the form of a helicopter and it's a very wild film I liked the violence of it. It was very peck and paw-ish, pe ish you know, like blood splatters and stuff like that. It's a very, you know, it, it seemed very messy, and I don't think it, I, I know it didn't get the critical love uh, that perhaps it deserved. You know, I love Roger Ebert, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see that, that he hated the, the film. Uh, a lot of people hated the film, but I think now uh, time has dignified it and uh, Criterion put it out, so that means it's good. And Roger Ebert was a great man, but nobody's right 100% of the time, you know what I mean? And that brings me to a film which I had to see. I absolutely had to see it. Every year... Certain films come out where, from what you hear and from what you see of whatever of the promotional stills or the trailer or something, you just have to fucking see it. This film, I had to fucking see. Because yesterday I read, and I didn't, you know, when I like look at reviews and stuff, I don't, if, 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 the, if the review seems like it's for a film that I'm going to enjoy, I read maybe the first two sentences and then I, I, I put it away and, and I read it, you know, after I've seen the film. The film is called Nocturama by Bertrand Bonello. It's a French film. It was an AV Club review uh, by a cat named Ignati something. I'm, I'm not pronouncing that right. I apologize. But it was an AV Club review just basically kind of saying in the first opening paragraph or opening sentences that this was one of this was most likely the film of the year. And I won't say how I watched it um, because I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't do anything illegal, okay? I watched it, but I'm not going to say how because I have to remain mysterious. But I watched it. I saw it, okay? it was play It's playing in a theater in downtown and on Tuesday, and you can't get the tickets on Fandango. But I highly recommend anybody go see this film. But I watched it the day I found out about it. And uh, um, I, I, I won't say how I watched it, okay? Just just leave me alone with that. Don't, don't accuse me of doing anything illegal, okay? Somebody... Somebody threw a torrent at my face and, and, and uh, my eyeballs absorbed it 
instantaneously, okay? But anyway, Nocturama is basically about these French teens, some dark, you know, brown-skinned, some white, and they do a terrorist attack on a few targets, and then they hole up into a mall, and it's kind of like Dawn of the Dead. I, I, you know, this isn't an original uh, thought of mine. Even though while I was watching, I was like, oh, this reminds me of Dawn of the Dead. But some people have said that it's like Gus Van Sant's Elephant, that movie about the teen shooters, and um, uh, Dawn of the Dead kind of combined, and other things have been mentioned about it. It is awesome. I would say Ice Cream Sunday. Ice Cream Sunday all the way. Like, it was truly amazing filmmaking. And I highly recommend... I mean, if there was any film... I mean, this is probably... Yeah, probably one of the films of the year. Um, it was amazing. There's there's not much I can say about it in terms of... Just because it was great. Like, it just had me the whole time I'm watching it. Like, the first 55 minutes are all... It's not completely wordless. But it's it's almost like, like these characters are just sort of doing they're carrying out this attack and you just sort of follow them and it's amazing filmmaking it truly is amazing and i really hope it gets the love that it deserves if nocturama is not nominated for a for at least for a best foreign language film then the oscars are officially bullshit i mean the oscars have been officially bullshit for a while uh, except for when they give Tarantino the award. But if uh, Nocturama does not win, I'm calling it here now. The Oscars are bullshit and they must be avoided at all costs because it's bad for cinema. Actually, I don't think it's bad for cinema. But anyway, the last film that I saw was a film called Society. And I, again, I saw this on Shudder. And the way I found out about this film, hold on, let me take a sip of coffee and then I'll tell you how I found out about this film because it is quite interesting. Hold on, how are you? You good? Okay. Mm. This one time, years ago, like out of high school, I went to a friend's house and he was showing me weird videos on the internet. And it was before YouTube became like a huge thing. But there was a website. It was almost like a college humor type website. And it just had these weird videos. And so one of the videos that he showed me. I have to describe this. And I hope I describe this well enough. It was a bunch. It was a, it was a video of, a, of this guy. He looked Hungarian or Italian or something. It looked like from a weird European movie from the 70s. And it's like his face and he's sweating and he's, his eyes are darting around the room and you hear all of this laughter. And then you see, you see the things that are, the people that are laughing at them, they're not people, they're human asses and they, the asses have faces on them and they're all laughing at, at the guy. And, and uh, I, I watched this with my friend and it was one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen. In fact, like one, at one part, like one of the asses has a cigar and it blows smoke out of his ass. And I thought that was like the most amazing thing. So cut to years later cut to like a, a, a year ago i decided i want to find that clip i think that's one of the most amazing youtube clip video clips i've ever seen in my life and so i just searched in google ass face and then i came up to this image of a man's face on a buttocks and 
like literally like it was it was a human ass and then instead of like a, a it was a, and but and a man's face sort of welded into the ass and unfortunately that wasn't the video clip but then I thought, what the fuck is this? And then, so then I looked up and looked it up and I thought, I saw this was from a film called Society, which is this really wild movie from 1989 directed by Brian Yuzna. And it's about rich people and how sick and disgusting they are. And, um, and, and they're like weird and there's this like the main character is this guy and it, it, he thinks his whole family is fucking or something. And then it turns out that they're like, they're these weird creatures or something. I don't even know what the fuck it was, honestly. Like, it was one of the craziest movies I've seen. Like, the, the end of it just goes nuts. And then it leads to the to the ass-face part, which is glorious. Uh, and what can I say? I mean, it was really an amazing film. It was like, thank God this film uh, exists. It's, it's just the most amazing thing that I've ever seen in my life. And, the, again, the climax goes to such a bizarre place that it really has to be seen to believe like it it really really you have to watch it just to to uh you know see the insanity and i like what it was saying it was saying that rich conservative people are gross and fucked up and that's true i completely agree i and the movie takes place in beverly hills and our shop used to be in beverly hills and i can attest to the uh to the thesis of the film that rich conservative people are extremely bizarre and fucked up and mutated and they're they're insane and they're bloodsuckers and that's it and so those are the films that I have seen. Um, next week, if you're following the podcast, next week, Interdimensional Alex and I are going to be watching three Peckinpah films, and we're going to talk about them. We're going to watch The Wild Bunch, uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, and Straw Dogs, and we're going to jam out on them. This was Alex's idea, and I'm all for it. I think it's a it's a great idea to uh, jam out on these films and talk about them. And, you know, I, I think it's good. You know, uh, summer is winding down. Uh, the, the, the blockbuster season is kind of coming to a close. And now uh, we are getting a little bit of the Oscar-y sort of prestige films uh, that... One of the movies that I just want to mention that I have to see it, and I'm probably going to watch it before next week, Good Time with that dude Robert Pattison or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, that looks like a really good movie, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yes, so next week, Peck and Paw, bang, bang. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about those films, and hopefully Alex has some really amazing thoughts. And uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for being down with the podcast, and thank you for being down with Nas Red and Wild 7 and Wild 7 Forever wild seven represent wild seven is the greatest thing ever no religion company or uh group uh comes close to wild seven wild seven is the greatest thing ever wild seven is my production company by the way okay so i think that's it i'm sorry if this was a short thing or something i just wanted to get those movies out of my head and and talk about them a little bit and so that's the uh show that's the podcast next week we're gonna have a lot more fun with uh interdimensional alex so you can follow me on twitter at mr nasred follow me on instagram at mr nasred email me at nasredpodcast at gmail.com and visit me at nasred.com for all of your nasred needs and please do like share and subscribe on itunes and leave me a beautiful review and buy a wild seven productions t-shirt 10 percent of the proceeds go to children incorporated Goodbye, you rich, disgusting, conservative friends. <laughs>